Hey to all of our listeners out there, this month's sponsor of Spamming Zero is High Operator. We had Liz Sai, who is their CEO, on our podcast just a few weeks ago. If you haven't checked that out, make sure you do that. It's amazing. Great episode. We talk about customer service agents. We talk about lifetime value. Talk about a lot. So who's High Operator? I'm going to read directly from the website that High Operator has. This is a beautiful statement. I love what Liz says here. Customer service is a core pillar of most businesses. It's also one of the hardest parts of the business to scale. Hiring is time-consuming, training is time-consuming, and volume varies by season. And documentation is constantly in flux. All true. Agree 100%. They started High Operator to make delivering customer service easy. Our mission is to help companies deliver excellent, scalable customer service effortlessly. Our clients can focus on their products and services, and their customers get a great experience when they need help. High Operator provides a complete customer service as a service solution. Through the power of High Operator's human plus AI technology, client conversations are handled faster and more accurately. The end result, they deliver amazing customer service, making companies and their customers happy. That's why they exist. That came directly from Liz. Here's some other fun little stuff that I really like that they do. Some value add here, right? So train us once. We handle all the recruiting, hiring, and training moving forward. Never have to deal with another classroom retaining or headcount headaches. They say this, send us conversations. Send us tickets. We pull the tickets automatically from your preferred CRM. And then you have full control over how and when those tickets are used. Another one, paper resolution. This is something we do at Flip as well. Charge for the conversation that we actually solve. No onboarding fees, no hourly rates, pay for what you use. This is High Operator, and they're this month's sponsor. I'm James. And I'm Brian. And this is Spamming Zero. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Spamming Zero. I'm your host today, James Gilbert. We're, Brian is not going to be joining us today, but we are going to be joined by an incredible guest. I cannot wait for you to hear his story. Josh Basil. Thanks for having me on today, James. Tell the audience a few things about who you are, and then let's get into the story of your incredible journey. I'm 37 years old, and uh, 18 years ago... Uh, as a teenager, I was in waste high water. I was a college athlete at the time. Uh, tennis, tennis was my sport of choice, and was loving life. Just finished my freshman year of college, and I went on a vacation to the beach. And while while in waste high water in the ocean, a wave picked me up, threw me over my boogie board, and slammed me on my head. And that day, I heard a loud crack, a crunch noise, and I was face down in the water, unable to move. Luckily, my friends saw me floating, and they came out, pulled me to shore. And um, next thing I know, I was waking up 14 days later in the critical unit with a ventilator in my neck. And I was unable to breathe, so the only way I could communicate with my family was by blinking. So blinking once for yes, uh, twice for no. And it's, it was a, a start to a new light. And about five weeks later, I regained my voice. I was able to wean off the ventilator and... From that moment on, I, I became an advocate for life and made sure that every word counted. And since then, I've, I've, been, I've been on a, a warpath of breaking down barriers to accessibility, to access and inclusion, and to live, to live my best life. And I've got a 
new set of sexy wheels to get me around <laughs> where I need to go. And um, I went back to school. I started off at a community college after um, my injury and I took a poetry course and kind of was able to, to get out all the things that were on my mind and was also able to put out, paint a picture of what I wanted my life to look like. And I, I ended up uh, ended up pursuing that. And a lot of it had to do with mentors and to talk about that later and what they what they taught me and what they what I was able to learn from others. And, um, but since then, I went back to school, then graduated from undergrad. And next thing I know, I graduated magna cum laude from law school without ever flipping a page. So I'm, I'm paralyzed below my shoulders, so I can't move anything. Uh, I, I can move my mouth really well um, and my mind. So those are my two best assets. And um, yeah, just I've, I've been on a, a very unique journey that I didn't think I would be going down on as a teenager, but I've been able to accomplish a lot with the, with the right attitude and willingness to try. Josh, you and I got connected to give a little plug here for Accessibility. We got connected through them. Now, I want to talk in, in a little bit more detail about accessibility and the, the massive amount of brands that miss this. You know, there's a lot of areas of accessibility for sure, but um, one of them in particular it is voice and the prominence of, of voice in general and how it can help. But before we do that, I want to kind of give this story of how, of how we also connected through Accessibility. So if you're not familiar with Accessibility, go check them out. They're amazing. They will help your web properties be accessible to those that, that need it. Um, they can help change your color schemes also on your website so that your color schemes work for those that are visually impaired like myself. Um, many on this podcast have heard my story, not in full detail, like they just heard yours, but, you know, I myself have have you know my my share of issues that i had to deal with when i was young as well dealing with my my eyesight so voice has become a big part of my life as well and one thing that i i find really fascinating is how many brands out there regardless of what industry you're in like you can you can say oh we're a b2b company so this doesn't apply to us no it does right like there's a significant amount of people in this world that need voice to be part of the accessibility plan that they have. And if you think about it, I think the last time I looked at this, there was 14 million people in, in the US and, and just the US. So I'm not even talking about the whole world, 14 million people that struggle with their eyesight, right? And that's obviously not you because you can see just fine, right? Uh, but it's one, that's one thing for me. And one of the things that I was really curious about when I wanted to chat with you about this this whole idea of, of of accessibility and voice was those 14 million people are a fraction of the folks that in the next five years are going to also have issues with their eyes and, and need voice to be accessible. So just to unpack that for a second, the amount of people that use devices right now, so have their phones glued to their faces, which we all see. You go to the, you go to a restaurant nowadays and like a couple is not communicating through actual spoken communication. They're almost like glued to their phones on their TikToks and their Instagrams. And it's kind of become one of those things where we're so uh, obsessed with these devices that we have and at our fingertips. And because of that, 
it's going to have a steady decline of the people that are also going to need accessibility through voice because they're going to have visual impairments even more. And you've done an incredible job of being the community manager um, at Accessibility and building a community of, of folks that can get behind brands that want to focus on that. And I want you to, to talk to us a little bit about how you've done that, how you've built that community, and how others and other brands can be thinking about what, what first steps can they take. So the best way to, to build a community is to make sure that they have a seat at the table. So with Accessibility, one of the beautiful things ever since joining the organization two years ago, which is crazy it's been two years, is that making sure that at every level of the operations, people with many different types of disabilities have a seat, have a voice, have a say. And, and when you do that, you end up, you know, kind of rechanging the conversation because you're having so many unique perspectives and being able to reshape products, uh, marketing, anything that you want to do, it's the more broader, diverse customer base you have or uh, people you have at the table, the more people you can reach. And by the numbers, like you were talking about the 14 million, like if you look at the entire disability community, that's over one fourth of the US population is considered to be living with a disability. And in that disability, that's just the people with the disabilities. And then you have the disability community, which the friends, the family, the industries, the healthcare providers, you name it, there's, we're, we're talking about millions upon millions of people. And then when you get down to the, the numbers, we're talking about billions in dollars in spending power and disposable income. And every business wants to reach new customers. Every business, especially in, uh, I've seen in the last five years, more so than ever, have been trying to do better within diversity, equity, and inclusion. They want to make sure that it's just not one audience they're serving. They're serving as many different audiences as possible so that they can be on their journey with them as a business. And the second that you shut a door on a specific community, they have a tougher time getting in. And when they do get in, they feel like they're like a second class. They feel like they're, they're not being welcomed like everyone else. So being able to bring accessibility to not only your storefront, your physical storefront, but to your digital assets, it's not only the right thing to do and it helps make sure that you stay within compliance with the law, but it's also just the right thing to do. And it's good, the best business practice. So, and a lot of time business owners are no business really wants to wake up and say, you know what, we want to make sure people with disabilities cannot be a part of our business, can't have access to our business. No business owner does that. Businesses want to bring in everybody, but without having the right conversations, without inviting people to have a seat at the table, it's just, sometimes you just don't know what you don't know. And that's, that's what today having these conversations, people are like, oh yeah, this makes a lot of sense. What can we do to now bring accessibility to our digital assets? You know, what's interesting is when we had had our introduction call and we were getting to know each other a little bit, I had mentioned this then and it, and it, it feels even more true hearing you say what you just said. Now I've spent my, my career in marketing. So I'm going to take a lens from the marketing folks just for a second, nine times out of 10. So I, I'm speaking directly to marketers out there. You have the opportunity nine times out of 10 to have some 
control over a website, the content that goes on a website, and typically how a website operates. Now, you may not be a developer. You may not be um, the person that's executing that, but nine times out of 10, a marketer is involved in the website, right? And a big miss is the first impression that people have with a brand is typically the website. And it's amazing to me how many brands out there, or even just myself, when I go to websites and I'm not colorblind, but I certainly have a hard time with certain colors and the text of colors being prominent against that background. And it's amazing to me how many people just completely miss it and don't even think about this. And as a company and as marketers, you have to think about these things. And there are, there, look, we live in a world today where, as Josh and I have mentioned, there are millions of people that struggle with these things. And because of that, that means there's millions of ways in which you can actually accomplish some of these things without having to put a ton of resources behind it. Very simple things. Like there was a website that I found the other day that allows you to drop in any piece of content or you can drop in a website uh, URL and it will literally show you what somebody else sees from with, with color blindness and how your color scheme is portrayed and seen by them. Now, if you're not colorblind, you wouldn't know that, right? But these kind of tools exist in the world today. And I remember when I was when I was going through my situation, I had this I don't even I don't even know what they call it now, but it was this big thing. It weighed about 30 pounds and it sat on my lap. And when I would type, it would read it back to me because I couldn't see, right? And it would read it back to me. And that was like the first introduction in my life. I was 17 at the time. First introduction into my life where I actually got to hear voice technology. And it changed, it changed my life. I wouldn't have been able to go to college um, without it. No doubt about it. There's just 100% no way I would have been able to do it. I couldn't have, write, couldn't have written my papers without it. So like, there, there are little things that can help. And that was, that was way long ago when I was 17 years old, right? I'm 37 now too. So like it's the technology that exists and the tools that exist to tackle accessibility are more accessible than ever before. It was getting better and better with time. Exactly. I mean, you think about it. I believe like the Alexas of the world and the, and the Google voices of the world and even Siri on our phone. I think that came out like maybe like 2011 ish somewhere closer close to there do you know what what year those came out it was somewhere close Some, somewhere in there i know 2007 2008 is when i got my first like ipad yeah. uh, within school and that was game changing for me um and but no there's there's no doubt that where we're at within the technology world or in a very special time and the money and the time the energy the resources getting the voices with people with disabilities to be part of that movement is just is advancing it faster than ever. And it's, it's exciting. And it, you know, when it comes to web accessibility, there's always the best practices and the best practice first and foremost is to do it from the very beginning with any type whether it's your website, whether it's 
with a technology that you're building, building accessibility into anything, even like, even if you look at a home, so like, if you build a home, um, like I just be like, if you build a home, you want to make sure that it's accessible from, from day one or later on the renovations can be like, you're having to rescrap all the different things that you had there. And next thing you know, it costs tens of thousands of dollars. It's the same thing kind of with a website. So it's always best in the beginning to make it accessible. But the, the reality of the time is most homes that I end up going looking at to move into are not accessible. So I have to do a, a, some type of remodel. And then with websites today, if you look at it, 3% of websites meet accessibility guidelines, which is millions of websites, don't get me wrong. But we have hundreds of millions of websites that exist in the world today that do not meet accessibility guidelines. So like Accessbank has a, a, a product a flagship product called Access Widget. And it basically uses AI-powered technology to scan the website and find all the different areas where accessibility is, is falling short. And then it uses its technology to be able to create accessibility that, uh, fixes within the code and also create kind of usability. So it gives you all of the different profiles, whether you have epilepsy, you can hit that profile and it turns off any blinking images that can create an epileptic event. ADHD profile creates a, a vision bar. So you just focus on the area that you want to focus on. They have a vision profile that makes the vibrant colors and makes it pop. And then they have a different profile for cognitive disabilities, for, for motor impairments, for blindness. So you can use your screen reader on, uh, on key, uh, keyboard or on screen keyboard. And then they have all these different unique profile or options for orientation, content, color adjustments, which basically for me, it's like whenever I go into a website, I have choice. I have like, everybody wants to create better experiences for customers, whether in their stores, whether on in their websites, they want to make people be like, this was new. This is fun. This is, this is something I want to be a part of. And this is how I want to digest it. So now when I go on websites with the access widget tool, I'm able to experience that excite based on my unique abilities, based on the technology I'm using, based on the fact that I do have ADHD, the fact that I do have a Reiki disability as well. And in combination, like I'm able to have a custom experience, which is so cool. Like it's like to have that today, like that didn't exist five, 10 years ago. And now it exists today. And it's like, all right, I want to use it. I want to play with it. I want to, and the next thing I know I'm on a website longer. And I'm not getting stuck in areas before that. A lot of times with, with websites, if accessibility is not built in, I'm stuck on the homepage and I can't explore the rest of the site. Or I've even had areas where I've gone from the homepage, gone to checkout. And next thing I know, I can't fill in with my voice dictation software, my name, my credit card information. I'm like, please take my money, take my information. <laughs> this product would be sent to me. That's, that's hard. Like. Next thing I know, I have to wait for a caregiver or a family member to come home to help me. That's not a good experience. It's interesting because we've unpacked this simple solution, and I gotta be—I gotta be totally honest. I know—I I know we're we're plugging accessibility a lot on this episode, which I'm fine with because I'm such a huge fan of theirs. Like I—we did a rebrand in September and we changed our name, changed our website, changed everything. And one of the very first things that I told my team is we need to really be thinking about accessibility. And 
I think a lot of, unfortunately, I think a lot of sea uh, level like CMOs that are in charge of like a rebrand and things like that, they they don't think about it. As a matter of fact, I almost can guarantee they don't because I I've talked to a lot of them and it's just not something that is that, that they think of as a priority, and they want to help people reshift their thinking in that. It was the one of the easiest tools I've ever ever implemented was Accessibility. Putting it on our website, and I'm not I'm not kidding. What won me over was, and again, this this is unique to me. So other people would be won over by a different different way. But seeing how I could literally just toggle one button, and it completely changed the website color scheme and everything. I was blown away by it. Blown away. Um, as a matter of fact, so much in fact that I immediately bought it, implemented it on our website as the very first thing that we did, the ver first plugin we put on our website. And then I reached out to the Accessibility um, CEO and, and the founder, and I was like, you guys are doing incredible stuff. And that's when we got introduced, and I was like, you know what? There's no way that I cannot have Josh on the podcast <laughs> to talk about this. And... I want to I want to tackle something just so that the audience and listeners can also feel the pain. Like we've we've been we've been bringing some of the pain that that you have felt that I have felt that really the entire world has felt, right? Like you you mentioned like a fourth of the US population has a disability. So now let's let's talk about how people are getting to the website. And I want to do that by bringing up voice Voice search, 71% of consumers prefer to get to a website or to do their research online through voice. Now, if 71% of consumers that are shopping, putting money in your pockets, brands, 71% are doing that, then you probably should have accessibility on your website, one, at least a simple solution like Accessibility. And two, you probably should have ways in which you can continue the voice experience. And very rarely does that happen. So if 71% are going through a channel, which is voice, and then they're being asked to go through a completely different type of medium and communication to try to get their answers, right? And it's a really broken process. I don't know why more people are not addressing it, but I want to unpack that now. Like, you use voice right now in your home. Tell the audience how you use voice. Wow, well, that, that might, if I just take you from start to finish in my home, like it's, I have basically every single, I have doors, garages, I have the thermostat, I have my elevators controlled by my voice, fans, lights, uh, my TV, blinds. I can even raise and lower my bed with my voice now. I am, I am like, I could be a spokesperson for uh, Alexa and all the other products that are in my house. Like I have, I have these little things called switch bots that I can trigger and it brings up a little arm to hit buttons. So I can put it all over different products that involve buttons and I'll be able to control them. Like I'm even able to turn my, my camera on to be able to do this podcast. Um, I have all my, on my front door, you know, I have a, a blink system. I'm able to be able to immediately see who's at the front door and monitor the surveillance around my house. I get the, it's, and it's all controlled for them, my voice. And it's, um, I did not have this, uh, back in 
2004 when I had my spinal cord injury. And when it, and when it was there, it was, you know, all those technologies were ginormously, they were very large and they cost anywhere from five to like $20,000 to set up like a few different pieces um, of, of control of your home. So it's, it's incredible today what we're able to do with our voice and it does, it absolutely, you're right. It translates from our searches to the website. You got to make sure the forms are, are, are the, the forms on pages that you can fill out. If you have a PDF, really what you want to make sure that PDF is accessible as well. Text to speech. Yep. It's All, a simple plugin folks. It really is. And, um, uh, and it's, you're creating better experiences. You're letting people that are getting more comfortable and confident with their way they want to search and giving them options. And that's a win-win. Totally agree. Here's another little fun little number for you. Nearly one third, I'm going to repeat that. One third of the U.S. population owns a smart speaker. That's a lot of people, right? And if you're anything like my kids, like voice search has gone way up, right? And I, I had mentioned this in our last episode. And my kids who cannot proficiently read and write yet, like my younger ones, they're, they're learning and they're getting really good at it. Like they can read, but not terribly efficient yet. They use Alexa all the time, right? It also, like, there's also a, a level of accessibility that happens for younger generations and for those that, believe it or not, there's a lot of people in, in this nation that are also not um, literate. They can't read, they can't write, and copy on a website, how are they supposed to know what it says, right? They still have money. <laughs> they still can buy from you. And voice allows also that. And if my kids who are young, like my seven-year-old and my nine-year-old can use voice, this is a true story. My son one year used Alexa and uh, ordered like $3,000 worth of stuff on Amazon. <laughs> this was before I knew I needed to set a limit on it. <laughs> it's like ordered $3,000 worth of stuff and we had to like call Amazon and hurry and stop everything. And it was, it was a nightmare, but it opened my eyes to the fact that more than ever at younger ages and really across the disability community as well, there is the ability of purchasing power and the ability to go through an experience from start to finish more than ever before. And it's only going to get better, right? The more that younger kids have devices in their hands, which, you know, we won't get, get into whether you should do that or not as a parent, but <laughs> nonetheless, it's happening. And my kids play their music through Alexa. Like, even if you are, even if you don't have a disability, like you're still using your Alexa speakers to do searches. You're getting in your car and what has helped, you know, car crashes go down is voice technology because people now don't sit there and text like they're using their hands. Instead, they say, hey, Siri, text my loved one or whatever it is. Right. And, and voice is more accessible than it ever has been. And it has almost... I don't like using this word, but I'm going to use it anyway. It's kind of infiltrated our lives to the point where all of us as consumers of products and shopping experiences almost don't even realize how much we actually use voice 
to complete the experiences that we have. And the perfect example is like the volume of search that's done through voice, the amount of people that have a speaker in their home that do it, right? And we almost don't even recognize the fact that it is, you take away voice altogether and it creates actually a lot of pain. We rely on it now more than ever. And that the voice control technology that that started with the disability population and you know the best the the more usability the more accessibility that you bring to the world it's not only benefiting people with disability it's benefiting so many others and it's just just like when i i live in the washington dc area and if i go take the metro we have wheelchair platform lifts that get you instead of taking the escalator up you know one or two flights of stairs little elevator or uh, the elevators and do you know who uses that more than anybody? All the different people that are traveling with luggage, all the different moms that have a baby carriage to be able to, and strollers to be able to push their kids. And it's, it's assistive technology, accessibility, best practices benefits the whole world. And I love how you're, you're, you also brought up with, with the little kiddos. Like I, I have a five-year-old and a 10-month-old and just knowing their their ability to learn and the ability to experience. Like it breaks my heart for little kiddos with disabilities that all they want to do is be able to have access and accessibility. And if you, you know, during the pandemic, like it, it hit me hard being stuck in my home and my only way to access the world was the internet. And to have very little accessibility on the internet closed the doors to many, many different areas. And it impacted so many other people with disabilities. It's like, Disability is not a matter if, but when. Our bodies are fragile. It can happen young. It can happen in old. Old age, it can happen when you're a teenager. Um, so making sure that we have it for everyone, and especially those kiddos, like having disabilities as a kid and accessing websites, it's so important for them to be able to develop and to stay on top of and not fall behind their peers. And my nine-year-old, I tell you, like he could fact-check you on almost anything. Like he, he, we call like he just loves facts about the world, you know. So he'll he can tell you what what lake is the most dangerous lake in the world. He could tell you like the lake that turns animals into like stone. Like he, I mean, every fact you could think about. Like <laughs> he has he has searched this on Alexa. <laughs> And it sparks curiosity in people. And that's one of the reasons why I really love voice. Now, it's come a long ways, right? As we mentioned earlier, like voice technology did start in the disability world. Um, I, I was one of the consumers of that. Uh, it helped me get through college. But when it, when it existed and when it came out, it was very robotic in nature, right? Um, it sounded very robotic. And think about how, how far it's come now, right? And I want to shift gears here just for a little bit, because you mentioned during the pandemic how hard it was that you had to completely rely on the internet during the pandemic, and it's just not very accessible. So Josh, what is, from your perspective, what are the one or two things that just really frustrate you with your experiences in buying things online from brands, just in general? Probably from buying things uh, online from brands is, it's just the experience from start to, to finish. Like it's, it's just a lot of it has to do with when you, when you go on, you know, do you see 
is there any type of representation or is there is there any type of of like accessibility statement on the website where they've actually acknowledged that they think that accessibility matters or have they you know when you do end up you know getting the product is it a, a friendly packaging system for somebody to be able to open or use or the the software within it is it is it user friendly or is it only made for you know in a lot of different products these days we have health products and you know health products need to benefit both people with disabilities and without disabilities and if you if you don't think about you know that one fourth of the u.s and then all the different communities that fall within that that one fourth of the u.s population you're not helping a lot of of those potential customers on um, which uh it can be a life-changing product, a life-saving product as well. So it's just it's it's a matter of letting businesses know that the 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 user experience can be a diverse audience. It doesn't always have to be the status quo audience that you currently are trying to serve or thinking that this is this is my core audience. Like expanding out is going to do good and it's gonna help your bottom line, it's gonna help your branding. It's going to, it's going to help bring in new business and the disability community. It's like, we are natural advocates. We love to advocate for things that work and things that don't work. We speak loudly as well. So being <laughs> able to create a product and a service that works is going to help you because we're going to tell our friends, we're going to tell our family members, we're going to ask them to share it. We're going to uh, make sure that you, we drive in other customers to you with we truly are the most brand loyal community based on statistics and, and studies. When we're taking care of when we're welcome, we come back again and again and again as repeat customers. There is a few brands during my college days when I when I couldn't see that one grocery store, for example, that helped me a lot and that was the only one that I'd ever go to. And still to this still to this day, now that I actually can see again, which I'm lucky. I'm not like, there's a lot of people out there that, that don't get that opportunity. And so to this day, I, if that grocery store and that brand existed in my local neighborhood where I live today, I, I would be the only place I shop. Yeah. It is a hundred percent true that they are the most loyal for sure. All right, Josh, I got a couple more questions for you. Um, and I know we didn't like plan to ask these questions, but I appreciate you going down this this path with me because I just think it's so important that our listeners hear this. One of the things that I think somewhat competes with voice through, we're going to go through the lens of support and customer service because that's a lot of the areas that um, our listeners focus on. And one of the areas that voice competes with is with like an IVR experience and an IVR that traditionally prompts you to push one, push two to get your answers. So I'd love for you to talk to us about what your experience has been with like an IVR and through support and, and service issues that you have had to deal with with brands. So I, I have an Apple phone and they've done an incredible job when it comes to accessibility. And they have a, a voice control system that I'm able to actually turn it on and be able to basically every single thing that can be a button ends up having a number next to it. 
So I'm able to then hit that with, uh, say, that number, and it presses it and allows me to get to the next prop. Four years ago, that did not exist for me, but now it does. It's, it's uh, the Apple uh, voice control system, and it's incredible, hands-free, everything. Recommended for the car as well. But that's been game-changing for me. Before, with my phone, I literally had to basically just wait for somebody to come to be in my life to hit all the buttons for me. And it's, it's, it's frustrating, at least for someone like myself that's paralyzed, to not have that independence. But luckily, through technology, I, I'm given more independence. It's just only all those experiences, the voice, everything, if you can make it easy for somebody with a disability, a significant disability, you're going to then give that option for every other person down the line, which is, it's just, it's where we need to be at with, with the services that we provide. Totally agree. Let's end here, Josh, because we're almost, we're almost at time. And I'd love for you to answer this last question. And it's more so I just want you to kind of kind of talk about an experience that you've had with a brand that kind of left you really impressed. Or if you want to go the opposite of that, you can like <laughs> that left you thinking, holy cow, this that was terrible. <laughs> um, what is a recent experience that you've had with a brand that's done that for you? I would have to say uh, Amazon. Just being able to have this, something like a fire cube where I'm able to control my TV, being able, you know, having my kids be able to come to me and be like, dad, can you help me with this? And like, I know it sounds weird, but like, like I physically can't do, do much. And then when my kids actually rely on me to control certain technology and then I can control it, like it feels incredible. And like, all I want to do is, you know, pick them up and do all these things, throw a ball with them, but I, I can't do those things. But probably I can through technology as it advanced, coming up with a system to make that work. But I, I think with Amazon and all their Alexa-driven products and all of those other companies that then work being a third-party company to work within that technology space, it's transformative. And I'm excited about that. And I'm, I love having that in my life. And I, I think it's, it's been more game-changing in the last 10 years having that. Those type of technologies with the voice and being able to control my environment, help my kids and have power. Like it, it feels powerful to be able to, to throw on that, that movie or make that search with your voice and get that answer you need or put that song that you want to then go into the living room and dance with your kids too. Like it's, it's very cool days we live in today. I wish we could like keep, keep talking. <laughs> I, I love this conversation so much and I want to thank you for coming on, sharing your story. I know it's hard to be willing to put yourself out there and share this because I there's been people in my life that have asked me to share my story. And just recently, like I'm 37 years old now, and just recently I'm starting to share it because it's it's a scary thing. And I appreciate you being vulnerable with me today. Absolutely. And thank you for inviting me. And having these conversations is what changes kind of the, the bigger conversation if it changes society because we all need to learn there's always more to learn like i'm always going to be a mentor and a mentee to families across the country i'm always going to learn and i'm always going to keep teaching 
the and the truth is about disability for me before the my entry i knew very little about disability i didn't have any kids that uh in my school that had major physical disabilities uh, i had a lot of friends with learning disabilities but like from a physical disability standpoint i knew nothing and then i had my injury and it just kind of woke me up it showed me a whole different world a different perspective and it's it's one of those things it's it's whether it's going to impact you it's going to impact somebody you love whether you work in a field that that has it soon enough disability is going to to impact you so it's just a matter of learning having the conversations becoming a little bit more fluent with it and then next thing you know once you speak it you get it and uh, then you can implement it within within your world and to help others as well totally agree Josh, it has been an absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast. Thank you again. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. If you have not yet subscribed to the Spamming Zero podcast, do me a favor. Go do that. Um, Give us a rating. I don't want you to give us a five-star rating or even a four-star rating if you don't feel like we're bringing that type of content. Just be honest with us. Let us know how we can improve. If there's an episode or if there's somebody out there that you want to hear from, let me know. Let's have them on the show. And we will see you next week. 